What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Joey Munoz, nutrition science PhD and founder of Fit for Life Academy. Today's episode is completely different than any of my previous episodes. I actually had an interview with one of my clients, and he shared his personal experience and his uh, journey. Pasquale is someone I've been working with for almost a year now, and he has made some incredible improvements in his overall health and his body composition. Pasquale is almost, oh, yeah, pretty much 50 pounds down from the beginning of his health and fitness journey, which is absolutely incredible. But I think more incredible is the fact that he feels extremely confident that he'll be able to maintain his results long-term based off of some of the things that we've worked on during our time together. Anyways, guys, if you've been struggling with your personal health and fitness, um, I think this episode is going to be extremely relatable and you're going to benefit a ton from Pasquale sharing his experience. As always, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, I would appreciate if you take a second to leave a rating, ideally five stars, please, and leave a review as well. I know it takes a couple minutes of your time. I know you have to look at your phone. I know it is annoying, perhaps, but it helps me a ton. I'm begging you. It's the only thing I ask for in return for all of this free information I put out. Um, you leaving a rating and a review helps my podcast grow and it helps me reach more people. So I would greatly appreciate it. In addition, if after listening to the interview with Pasquale, you feel like you are ready to make a change, improve your health and fitness, and want to work with me as your coach, submit an inquiry for one-on-one -on -one coaching on my website, fitforlifeacademy.health. The link is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. Anyways, let's get into the show. Hope you enjoy. What's up, Pasquale? How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Joseph. How are you? Doing great, dude. I, I Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Um, you and I were just talking before this. Um, this is the first time I've had one of my clients on the podcast, and I had this idea a couple weeks ago of how powerful it would be for people like yourself to share your firsthand experience, right? Because yes, I give recommendations. I talk about science. I have friends of mine who also are professionals in this field, and it's almost like a top-down approach, right? And I think it would just be really cool to let my audience hear directly from you and from other clients of mine in terms of the things that you've really learned and benefited from from the whole coaching process. So first and foremost, how long have we been working together now? Almost a year, right? Uh, yeah, it'll be a Close year. Because we worked for a whole six months first, and then we're on our second six-month term currently. And so you and I have gone through a lot. I know we've gone through periods of like intense weight loss, periods where perhaps we haven't been losing weight as our primary goal. We've navigated uh, traveling. We've navigated holidays. Now we're trying to navigate through a small injury that you're experiencing, right? So you and I have actually been through a lot, which is why I wanted to talk to you first and foremost. But how about we start by you sharing what are some of the results that you've achieved in the time that we've been working together? Um, well, thanks for having me on first. I really appreciate it. It's really cool to be on here. Um, the results that I've had um, when we started, I think I was around 190, um, like between 190, 195, something like that. And 
as of today, I'm down to one, I think 67 when I weighed myself this morning. Uh, it was actually a little bit less last week, but you know, talking about travel, um, yeah. I put on a little bit, but, uh, but that's okay. Right. And that's one of the things, uh, I've really learned is that you can't, you have to enjoy yourself. You have to be able to enjoy your life. And when you're traveling, when you're doing something special, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, we were just talking about Thanksgiving before, have that piece of pie, you know, uh, enjoy yourself in the moment. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, what, what is it going to be like a day, two days, three days? And you can get yourself right back on track within a week, but two at most. Um, so I enjoyed myself on the trip um, and I'm pretty much back. So where I was, I was like 163 the day I flew out. So I'm only like four pounds up and, and that was about a week ago. So I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with what I did when I traveled down to New Orleans and I'm perfectly comfortable where I am right now because I know I can I can shed those four pounds and it's not even four pounds that's one, something we've talked about too it's you know water retention mm -hmm. that's food that's still in, in the stomach that, that's waste that's built up you know so uh it's not beforehand you know before working with you i would have worried about that like oh man i gained four pounds how am i gonna I have to yeah. do something dream to lose it again but now it's just you know i'm i'm okay i'm, I'm cool with it yeah so you've you've dropped pretty much a little bit over 30 pounds which is a lot uh, no, a little under 30 pounds, roughly around 30 pounds, which is huge. Yeah. Dude, you look fantastic, by the way. Um, I know you upload the progress images, like almost have a hardcore six pack now, which is super cool. <laughs> yeah. um, what I'd have, by the way. Sorry? Something I never thought I'd have. Yeah. And not even that, like, it's not that hard, right? Like, it's not that hard. The reason it's not that hard or the reason why it is so hard for people is because people make it hard <laughs> unintentionally. Right. So one thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, you mentioned that some of the things that perhaps you would have done or the mindset that you would have had prior to us working together before we started working together. Were you actively trying to improve your health, improve body composition, or was it something you started focusing on more when we did start working together? I was I was actually actively trying to, to work on my body composition. Um, I was, you know, before we started working together, I was around 215, 220. Uh, I took off about 20 to 30 pounds uh, on my own. Uh, but I had like a, you know, like a skinny fat thing going on where I, there was no muscle tone. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't look anywhere near like I look now. And um, I was getting some, you know, looking back on it, not the best advice from some other people, from some you know, professionals. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing that really sticks out to me, uh, some advice I got was you know, I was experimenting with different diets too. I was doing keto and carnivore. And uh, one of the, the pieces of advice I got was that calories don't matter. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can, you know, I think this is when I was doing carnivore. Mm -hmm. um, I was working with someone, someone and she told me, you know, calories don't matter. It doesn't matter what how many calories you eat a day, you know you're you're getting that fat uh, or that fat in. You're not eating the carbs, so you're the weight's going to come off. And uh, you know I trusted her, and I was uh, I'm a big meat eater anyway, so I was you yeah. know no prime with that. And I started noticing, um, you know my my pants were getting tighter, 
my composition wasn't looking as, as good as it had been. And so I, I kind of realized, you know, something's going on here. This isn't working. So I had, um, and then I, you know, I tried some, some more stuff on my own, but I, I kept hitting these, um, plateaus, like, mm -hmm. like these kind of like glass ceilings. Cause I knew I could do better, but I didn't know how, and there's so much information out there, so much information and misinformation. And I wanted to, uh, you know, sorry for the language, but cut the bullshit, you know, and get yeah. right to what I needed to do and cut through everything else, cut through the noise. And, uh, you know, I ended up finding, uh, finding you through, um, through Outwork and, yeah. you know, it's been a great experience just in terms of the knowledge that I have now and how, how comfortable I am, uh, sharing that knowledge with other people as well. Cause I know if, if it worked for me, it can work for other yeah. people besides, you know, the little differences here and there, but. Overall, the, the rules are the same for everyone, right? Calories in, calories out, you know, raise, get your heart rate up a few times a week, do some resistant training if you're able to, and, and you'll, you're in, you'll be in good shape. You'll be better in shape than the large majority of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get into some of those things, um, a little bit more specifically too, but I want to hear from you before, before you and I started working together and you were trying all of these different things and. Maybe you had some success with some and not so much success with others. What were some of the things that you were really struggling with? Right? Because I didn't meet you when you were like 215, 220 or whatnot. Um, you you mentioned a mindset component, right? Of like perhaps really freaking out previously if you saw your weight go up slightly because of a trip or whatnot. So what were some of the things that you were really struggling with beforehand? And then when we talk about that, I, I definitely want to transition and discuss how has um, your knowledge changed around those specific things or mindset as well, perhaps. Uh, a really big thing for me for, for my, uh, mindset has been tracking things, um, tracking things on apps, um, weighing my food. That's been a huge help because I, now I'm, I've been doing it for so long now that I can, I know what's, um, what I can do in a day mm -hmm. and like what I can lack of a better term, a get away with, like, we we're just talking about Thanksgiving yeah. and you know, I have family coming in today too, and, and we're going out to eat. So now I'm not prepared, right? We, we've talked about having a game plan. Um, whereas before I just be like, all right, well, we're going out to eat. It's, I'm going to be going over calories anyway. So mm -hmm. I might, what's the point in, you know, reducing anything anyway, I'm just going to have a bad day, a cheat day, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. the, idea, the term everyone uses, like a cheat day. And then cheat days eventually turn into like cheat weekends and then it, like, and then it snowballs from there. Um, so my mindset has really been, uh, having a game plan, you know, that that's a major shift for me, having a game plan when I know I'll be going out to eat or, you know, I'll be going out with friends or, you know, going out for a couple of drinks or something like that. Yeah. Really being prepared in, in knowing, uh, in, in what I'll be doing. Yeah, that's a great point, man. You know, it's, some people like yourself enjoy tracking long term. Some people don't, right? I think, and this is something I usually talk about. It's like tracking doesn't necessarily just mean tracking calories, right? Calories is one thing you can track, but there's a number of things that you can track, including your body weight, your protein intake, your steps, et cetera, right? These are just different metrics that can 
guide us in the right direction um, and really tell us about whether we're moving in the right direction or not, right? And people, some people are really, really resistant to that idea of tracking things. They think perhaps it's too um, meticulous or too obsessive. And, you know, like, if you've been struggling with your health and your fitness, like, you should probably track some stuff. Maybe not forever, but at least for a period of time. And the analogy I like to use is like, listen, if you, let's say you're in school, right? And you suck at math, um, but you need to pass the math class. You can't just say like, no, I don't want to do, uh, I don't want to take notes. No, I don't want to study. It's like you absolutely have to in order to learn the material to be able to pass the math class. And here, like, you know, with this stuff with health and fitness, we're not passing any tests, but tracking stuff helps you learn about these things. You know, if, if your health and fitness has gone in the wrong direction by a lot, let's say, you can say that that's fairly equivalent to like sucking at health and fitness the same way you suck at math, right? Like, I'm not trying to be blunt or mean here, but like, it's the same sort of analogy, right? So doing these things that are meticulous helps you get better at that thing. Because at the end of the day, and like you mentioned this, Pasquale, you now have a much better sense, intuitive sense of how much can you get away with? And maybe it's not even how much can you get away with, but it's really just intuitively knowing how much is too much food, how much is too little food. If you've been more active, how much more can you eat? If you're being sedentary, how much less to eat? You know how to make these modifications, right? And would you say, would you know how to make those modifications as a direct result of spending time tracking stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, like today, for example, I know we're, we're going to get uh, cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. And also off the bat, I know it's probably going to be 80-20. So I just put that right in the app. Yeah. Um, probably going to be like eight ounces of beef, yep. potato bone, cheap American cheese. And right there. Like there's, I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but I, I have a rough idea of what it's going to be. So I can, I can track around that. Yeah. That's, that's a great perspective, man. Like even when you say like eight ounces, 80, 20 people who have never tracked, don't know what that means. Right. Like they're just like, it's like, oh, it's just a cheeseburger. And then they look in the app and they're like, if they're trying to track, it's like, oh, which one do I pick? It's like, I don't know, but you have a much better sense of that. Cause you've been doing it for a while. Right. Yeah. Like most are probably going to be around eight ounces of beef. Most times it's going to be 80-20 in terms of 80% lean, 20% fat. That's what's called chuck, right? Ground chuck. So those are things that you learn, you know, and and it's funny because when people are resistant, let's be honest, most people are resistant to tracking calories because it's meticulous, right? But I think it comes from two places. Like one, maybe they've tried it before and they've had a really bad experience with it because they didn't have someone guide them correctly because oftentimes, you know, people are all or nothing. So they're 100% in and like the moment they go out to eat and perhaps they can't track perfectly. They get overwhelmed. You get anxious. It's like, well, how am I supposed to stick to my calories if I can't track this? And you start to get all of these negative sort of thoughts that kind of spiral you in a bad direction, right? And you and I have talked about this before too. When we started like, hey man, I'm going out. I don't know how to track. It's like, dude, you know, tracking is not something where you have to be perfect. It's where it's something that you have to be consistent with, with the majority of the time. And if you're being consistent with it, if there are some errors here and there, it's not that big of a deal. It's essentially like, don't be so stressed out about it. If once a week you have a meal that you can't track, like whatever, it's okay. Do like track it to the best of your ability. If you're trying to lose weight, maybe overestimate what you think is in it by 10 or 15% and just move on, right? And when you have that sort of flexibility, it puts a lot less stress on you when it comes to tracking. 
And then the other aspect of it is I think people really think like, they're like, oh, if you track your calories, it's like a way of dieting that you have to track your calories the rest of your life. And you can track the rest of your life if you like it and you don't mind it. You seem to be somebody who doesn't mind it. You actually enjoy the feedback it gives you. Um, some people really don't like it. But even then, I usually tell people, um, really just take about three or four months and dedicate time to this thing. You know, if you're saying that your health is important, if you're saying that you really want to lose body fat, improve overall body composition, just take three or four months and be really meticulous with this thing. And then you can transition away. What will those three or four months do for you? It'll do what it's done for you, Pasquale, right? Where you now know, like, dude, realistically, if you spent a month without tracking, you would probably be able to maintain your body weight, right? You probably wouldn't gain a ton of weight. You probably wouldn't lose a ton of weight. You probably know exactly how much to eat, what modifications to make, what health, what healthy meals look like. Um, those are the things you learn from taking a period of time to track things meticulously, right? Like if you see a plate of food in front of you, you could probably say that's probably roughly 700, 800 calories. If I asked you, Pasquale, how would you reduce the caloric content of that meal? I'd probably say, well, I'd probably substitute this for that. And it'd probably be a hundred less calories. You know how to do those things because you've been tracking, right? So that's one of the things I really like to preach. Um, okay. So a good amount of stuff talking about nutrition, right? And we've been focusing on, on tracking specifically, but we also obviously work on some behavioral related stuff too, right? Protein intake, uh, fruit and vegetable intake, even though, you know, I assign some of these habits a little bit more specifically to some clients than others, because some people have an overall, like way less healthy diet. You're somebody who naturally you eat pretty healthy anyways. You know, this is stuff that you and I have talked about. You're not somebody who like mainly eats fast food and has never eaten fruits and veggies. So some of these things come a little bit more intuitively to you. But have you found perhaps our approach to feel a lot less restrictive based off the fact that you simply have to focus on these little behaviors every day? rather than feeling like you have to avoid certain things, which is the approach that most people take. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, it's definitely been easier. And I think it goes back really to my uh, upbringing. Um, you know, my mom always had a hot meal for dinner, like a homemade hot meal for us for dinner, like all the time, every day. Thanks, mom, for that. <laughs> Same um, here, dude. Well, so like, going out to eat, like fast food, um, that kind of stuff, you know, yeah, I would have it every now and then, but it never really appealed to me. It was never really a, a, a meal to me. Mm -hmm. A meal to me is always, you know, sitting at the dinner table mm -hmm. with something, something hot in front of me. And so, uh, I kind of, I, I kind of use that and I enjoy cooking too. So, uh, and it goes back to what we said before, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like that analytic, uh, analytical meticulous person where I like knowing what I'm eating, how much I'm eating. So. All of this kind of came natural to me. It wasn't really an issue. Um, the, the issue was really, I thought I was eating enough protein, but, uh, you know, I really wasn't. Um, mm. And that's where, you know, the tracking came in and it helped a lot. And, you know, with that uh, extra bit of protein I was eating, that helped uh, satiate me more. So I wasn't really reaching for something unhealthy, you know, at the, at the end of a meal, like something, something sweet. Um, you know, you sometimes I would like to have like a, a cookie or like a little bit of ice cream or something like that. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, it's, um, like, like fruit and, uh, fruit I, I have right now I'm eating like a, 
a pint of raspberries and a pint of blackberries mm-hmm. every day yeah. at the end of the day because they're delicious. I, I love them. Yeah. Um, so that's that's like the the replacement that that we're talking about there. Um, so I, you're right; it, it did come easier to me. But there's also you know that the part that that little bit of a learning curve that you have to. You know, you got, where it takes uh, some introspection, you know, it really takes, you have to take a hard look at yourself and what you're doing and is what you're doing really the best for you. Um, and it's kind of, you know, going back to tracking for a little bit, it's a little strange. There's a, there's a social component to it too, um, right? Where I, I've shown people how I track and what I do and how I have, you know, my meals planned out for the week. And then, you know, I've been called crazy or, you know, other things like that. And, and then these same people who are calling me crazy, I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, well, you're asking, you asked me how I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of uh, on. It's the same, dude. It's so funny how people are so quick to judge, especially when you're doing something that's positive for yourself, right? Because you can say the same thing with people who like, for example, if you have a family member or a friend who's doing really well financially, and maybe before they weren't doing well financially, and you know they they seem to figure something out with business or with their career or whatever it may be, and then you ask them for advice, and maybe they say something like, "Well, you know, um, I I put aside four hours every Saturday and Sunday morning to work on these things with my business," and that person would be like, "Wow, that's crazy! You work on the weekends?" It's like, "Well, hey, like." That's just what it takes, man. That's the price you have to pay <laughs> if you want this thing, right? And it's like, it's so funny because with nutrition, with health, with fitness, people think that for some reason it's different. Like, because, you know, the industry has sold that what's wrong is that you're missing something. Like you're missing the perfect diet or the perfect workout program or the perfect supplement or there's something wrong with your hormones. It's never Oh, like, hey, you should actually spend some time learning about the fundamentals of this stuff. Slowly work on habit formation. Um, have some sort of form of accountability and support, right? For you, it's been working with me, having a coach. But for some people, it's maybe a family member or a community. Or, but, but having some sort of accountability and support is incredibly important. And actually put time and effort into this thing. It's so funny because people recognize that. Anything, but literally anything in life that you want to accomplish or get better at requires time, effort, sacrifice. But then when it comes to weight loss and improving health, they don't think those things are true. They're just like, oh, I just don't have the right plan. It's not about effort or sacrifice. Like it's, It is about effort and sacrifice. And when I say sacrifice, it doesn't mean it has to be super freaking hard. It actually shouldn't. You should find a way to make it enjoyable, which I think is a component of your success as well is that you actually enjoy doing these things you enjoy the workouts you enjoy making your meals you enjoy tracking your stuff eating healthy being able to stay on plan right because if you enjoy it you build consistency right you're more likely to do the stuff you enjoy and i think one of the big reasons why people fail is because they do do so in a way that's not enjoyable at all right but it's like yeah the effort is still required you still have to put in the time for lack of a better term um what are your thoughts about that how do you respond to your friends when they say things like that whenever i had this conversation it's always um well what did you do like did you cut out carbs mm-hmm. uh, no actually i increased my carbs yeah uh, i you know i 
I I'm tracking the calories. Um, and they, and it's, it's a weird thing too, because it's, it's almost as if like, it's a simple thing. Well, at least to me, it's a simple thing, you know, tracking, making sure your calories are where they need to be. But people want like, like you were kind of saying before, like a simple answer, mm-hmm. right? Like, like cut out carbs or just increase protein or, or cut out something and then you can, and then the weight will come off or, you know, take this product. Yeah. Then you'll be okay. Um, but that's not what it takes. Um, yeah. It will help. Like some, some things may help, like cutting out some carbs will probably be helpful because a lot of the carbs people are thinking about are bread and sugar, candy, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that, that'll help a little bit, but the more important thing is making sure you're getting like protein. And that's something I've actually noticed with, with a lot of people around me is that they're not eating the amount of protein yes. that I think is sufficient for them. Um, yeah. And so when we've had this conversation before, like you have to, like there's a replacement, right? If you're yeah. eating so many carbs, but if you want to make a change, you can, you know, let's say you're eating like 300 uh, carbs a day or something like that. Reduce that by, you know, a hundred and increase protein by a hundred grams. That should be, that's, that's okay right there. You know, like you, you've made the switch. Like it may not be as satisfying to some people because they have that sweet tooth or, or they want that piece of bread to, to go along with, uh, you know, a salad or something like that. But like that's, that's a simple change. And I think and that could be hard for a lot of people because they, it can be hard to get that amount of protein and they're not sure how to do it or, or the, the sources that yeah. are good or, or when people like, this is what I've run into too. When I say protein, they automatically think steak and it's fattening. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, I, 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 I tell people, you know, fish, lean fish is great. You know, I have, I eat seafood two, three, sometimes four times a week because I enjoy it. And it's something that's low calories, high protein, like salmon has, has a decent amount of fat in it, but it's, but it's like the good fat, right? The omega threes, you know, that's kind of, I know like a buzz thing everyone's talking about now, yeah. like the omega threes, but you know, that's something that's, that's necessary for people. And that's part of, you know, the salmon and the seafood and, you know, the fatty sea, uh, seafood. Um, so it's, 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 it, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of difficult transitions that people don't want to make, you know, and it's, and it's not just for whatever reason, uh, that, that part confuses me. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Well, a person has to be ready to change. That's one aspect of it too, right? You can't force somebody to change. Somebody has to be ready to change. And people are ready to change at different points in their life. 
for different reasons, right? Some people, maybe like for yourself, it's being a little bit overweight, not feeling comfortable. You're ready to change. Some people literally need to have a life-threatening event in order to make a change, as sad as it is, right? But it's the truth, man. I've seen, um, and this hurts me to even say, but I have a, a very, very close friend of mine um, who has struggled with his weight and his health his whole life. His whole life, man. Imagine imagine one of your closest friends being like the sweetest, funniest, coolest people you know, and just like really struggles with his health, right? And I'm the type of person like, I don't want to impose my thoughts on others, so I don't give unsolicited advice. But my friend had a heart attack in his 20s. Jeez. In his 20s, early 20s too. This was like 24, 25. Um, he didn't pass away. He survived. Like, thankfully, he's good, but has made no change. And it's really sad because he actually reached out to me. And he was like, hey, man, like, this can't happen again. I have to improve my health. And I offered to help him for free. I was like, man, I want to help you. You are literally one of my closest friends. I don't want to see something bad happen to you. And he was super enthusiastic, super, super motivated. Two weeks later, didn't hear from him. That's it, right? So it sucks, man, because some people, the tough reality is some people have a really, really, really hard time making a change, right? Um, and I, I don't know necessarily why that is. Um, because I think naturally, you know, I think genetics plays a role here in terms of like what our innate personality is. And I think this is some of the stuff that I talk about related to mindset too, and like having a growth mindset and really like truthfully embracing change, right? And when I say truthfully embracing change, I don't mean like somebody saying like, oh yeah, I'm ready to change. It's like having an innate belief that given a difficult circumstance, you are actually able to adapt to that circumstance. You are adaptable, right? I consider myself somebody who is very adaptable. And I think part of that is because ever since I was a kid, I've been dealing with like pretty hard adversity my whole life, whether it's stuff at home that I've had to deal with, or just even ever since I was a little kid, I did martial arts, I played sports. Uh, my mom like put me in like chess classes and like music classes and like all of these things are hard. Right. And like, I always just was naturally attracted to these things and I liked them. But it also was like, okay, for example, I wanted to learn how to play guitar. I know I'm not good at it now, but if these other people can do it and I just do it a little bit at a time, I can do it, right? And it's that is the, the, the whole premise of having a growth mindset is like knowing that things are going to be challenging, knowing that there are going to be bumps along the road, but being open to actually learning and seeing challenges as opportunities to grow rather than setbacks, right? Because most people or a lot of people, I should say, really feel like they are unwilling to change, right? Even like what I was saying earlier of like, let's say you're bad at math. Some people are just like, I'm bad at math. And sure, maybe some, some people's brains don't work in that way. But the honest truth is that they probably somewhere along their life had a bad experience with math, right? Whether it's in second grade, they were told to go on the board and they were embarrassed because they couldn't do the thing. And ever since then, they shied away from it. And so inherently, they never put that much work or effort towards it. And so they think they're bad at math, right? Where the reality is like, no, you've just been avoiding this thing. And if maybe 
maybe you won't be the best mathematician in the world, but if you put a little bit of effort towards it, you wouldn't be bad at it because you're embracing the challenge, right? I've always, always considered myself an absolutely horrible speaker. And I know that even, even saying that is a, is a bad thing to say, right? But like, I know now that I've improved it a ton. And the reason why I have always thought that I'm a bad speaker is because English is not my first language. Spanish is. So kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I didn't speak English at home. So in school, when the teacher called me to read, I was embarrassed because I couldn't read like the other kids, right? I couldn't speak like the other kids. I've always stuttered a little bit too. I've always been really embarrassed about it. And then part of it was just like, man, like for my career, I need to do social media. I should have a podcast. I should be talking to people. I should create a presence for myself. Let me work on this talking thing. And when I do my videos, obviously this podcast is live, but when I do my videos, I script stuff and I practice it and I read it and I make sure I'm saying it more clearly and I just work on it. And now I don't think I'm a bad speaker, right? Um, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent there. <laughs> well, I'm all right. Cause you know, I'm, I'm a teacher, so yeah. I can, I can relate to, you know, what you're saying and what I see in the classroom, you know, it's similar to what I tell my students, you know, like how are you going to get better at something, anything, sports, math, reading, writing, how are you going to get better by sitting there and magically getting better at it mm -hmm. or by practicing okay, you have to practice. Um, and I, I always tell them the same thing too. I tell them when, when you hear practice, practice makes perfect. That's, that's not right. Practice makes better. You're going to get yeah. better when you practice it, no matter what you do, whether yeah. it's math, you know, reading, writing, if you want to get better at something, you got to practice at it more. And that's yeah. hard. And I see it in, I just had a parent teacher conferences the other day and I had a, a parent tell me that their child quit football because it was too hard. They, there, there was like two or three practices a week and the, the, her um, child didn't like it because it was too hard and there was too much and he wanted to play with his friends. And in my mind, I was, why did you let him quit? Why did you, why did you yeah. not have him keep going? You know, it's, it's, it's really, um, and it's kind of, you know, it goes back to, you know, what you were saying before about your friend too, like the two weeks, those first two weeks. He was, you know, really going after it and, and trying his best. But then after those two weeks, he kind of fell off. And I, I see that too with, with people around me, like they'll, they'll make, they'll get really uh, excited and, and ready yeah. to go. And then after a short amount of time, maybe like, like the weight comes off pretty quick in the first few weeks yeah. and then, they, and then the, the weight will go up on the scale. And this is something like you and I have talked about too, like it's, it's fluctuations. It's normal for weight to go up and down. And that's why tracking the weight too and keeping the average is so important because you can see it come, the weight come down or it's not going to come down every week. It's going to stay the same every now and then. But that, that's why that's so important too. So you don't get, dis get discouraged and you don't just quit right there and go fall back into old habits because those old, old habits yeah. are comfortable and easy. And that's, you know, that's your, your comfort zone, those old habits. Yeah, and that weight goes right back up to where you were those two weeks before, or even in most cases, I would say uh, even above that. And then you feel guilty, and then you feel yeah. worse about yourself, and you can, and you spiral down. And it, and it's a it's a hard thing. Yeah. I understand it's it's a hard thing for a lot of people. Yeah, and in many of those circumstances, it can be to an extent prevented by accountability and support, right? And that's why, like, I always tell people, like, listen, if you 
I know coaching isn't the cheapest thing. You don't need to have a one-on-one coach, but having some sort of accountability and support system of people that have been there and done that helps so much, right? That's why I like, actually recorded a podcast yesterday. I was being interviewed on this other podcast and they asked me, like, what are the three main things you would recommend somebody who's starting to improve their health and fitness? And the number one thing I said is find a supportive, fun environment. You know, when it comes to fitness, like maybe start with doing group classes where everybody there is like super happy and enthusiastic about it because it builds that rapport. It builds that enjoyment. And if you like fall off, somebody's going to call you be like, hey, I haven't seen you. Like, where are you? Right. Or if you're having negative thoughts, you might have somebody give you some some positive feedback that helps you feel better. I think this leads perfectly into my next question. I wanted to ask you, what role has accountability and support played in your overall success? I did huge, uh, probably yeah. probably number one, like at the very top of the list for me, because you know I was one of those people that would kind of uh, make rationalizations and justifications for things. Mm-hmm. There's always, going back to what we talked about before, you know, there's always, there's always going to be some kind of special occasion going on. Of course. Uh, parties, traveling, weddings, you know, all, all types of stuff. It's always going to be a special occasion. And so it was always easy for me to say, all right, well, that's this, here's this birthday coming up or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be drinking. So, all right, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I have that, have the, the extra piece of cake because I'm already drinking. I'm already having fun. I already ate this big dinner. So, all right, just, let's go ahead and have it. Yeah. But, but now, um, there was, when we just started, I remember, I think it was in February, um, maybe about a month in you, you had told me like, uh, I'd be going out a lot. Um, you know, uh, same thing, birthday parties, going out to the bars, and I remember you telling me, like, if you really, if you're really serious about this, if you really want to make these changes that you say you want to make, that these goals that you have, if you really want to hit them, you're going to have to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Those sacrifices are like you; they're not going to be easy. You, you can't go out drinking two, three times a week and see the results that you want. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So having you there, having the accountability has has been huge has been uh, it's been a really really big for me for for my mindset and for um i'm very comfortable saying this for my life going forward um, there are there are goals that i have short and long term and i i i have i think i have the right mindset now uh, and i have you to thank for that because you know before that there was, there was always like i said rationalizations justifications yeah. for for everything that i was doing and in my mind, it was okay. Yeah. And, I would, and that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. And you know, it's not about it being like right or wrong. It's just like, if you want to achieve this one thing, those things don't align with it. Right. And the reason why I asked that question about the accountability and support is because oftentimes when people think about hiring a coach, they really think they're like, well, like, why would I do that when like, I already know how to eat healthy and like, I know how to exercise, like how much more knowledge can they give me? And it's like, and I used to think this when I first started too, I thought like coaching was just about like the recommendations that I gave people. Right. And the truth is like most people may not know the intricacies of nutrition, but they know what a healthy meal looks like. Right. Like most people can tell you that's probably not that healthy. That probably is pretty healthy. Like 
most people know how to make those choices. And I've realized that over time, more and more, the accountability and support is really where a lot of the value comes in, right? Sure, there obviously is some education because there's a lot of misinformation. There's many misconceptions that people have. And, you know, I've shared information with other clients that for them has been uh, like, what's the term? Like mind-blowing almost, right? Like, oh, like, is that really it? Like, I don't have to, uh, this or that, you know? Like one of the one of the individuals who was on the call today, um, Lauren, she, she and I were talking, she started with me fairly recently and she's worked with bodybuilding coaches before where they would give her a very, very strict and specific meal plan. Like six meals a day, these are the exact meals that you're eating. These are the exact quantities and these are the exact times that you're going to eat. Wow. And when she started, and she's done that before and had some success with it. But then when she stops doing it, you know, she just goes back because she never de developed the, the healthy behaviors that we've been talking about. And when we started working together, I was like, okay, we're going to have a habit focused approach. I'm going to give you some small habits to work on. Every check-in, we'll talk about how the habits are going and we'll build upon them, build uh, you know, like if I want you to get to 150 grams of protein, you're currently at 100. Let's start at 110. Then we build up to 120. Uh, let's start with a certain number of steps. We slowly build those up. Let's have a regular meal schedule. Let's set, let's set some limits around alcohol intake, like very simple things. And it's just the approach of like, focus on what you need to do. Don't focus on what you don't need to do. And anyways, she's had really good success over the past month. Her weight's dropped about six pounds and it's not just about weight loss, but that's like, you know, her main objective. And like three weeks in, keep in mind her weight was coming down steadily. She was making progress. She messages me and she's like, um, like, she's like, what's your next suggestion? Like, when does this get harder? What else am I supposed to do? Like, are you going to tell me when I should be eating and stuff? And so we had a talk and I was like, why do you think you need to focus on those things? And she was like, because this just feels too easy. And I was like, would you say the fact that like, it's been really hard before is one of the reasons why you haven't had success long term? And she's like, yeah, it's just really hard. And I was like, then wouldn't it make sense to try to make it easier? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, these little things that we're doing, aren't they moving the needle in the right direction? She's like, yeah. I'm like, are you happy with your progress? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, then why do you think it needs to be harder? And she's like, because it just feels too easy. I'm like, that is the point. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't feel super hard because the harder you make it feel, the less likely you are to actually do it. And if you start slow, it actually becomes enjoyable, right? Like you mentioned, you enjoy the things you're doing now. And it's funny because before we started working together, when you would probably go out to drink two or three times per week and you were doing all of these other things, if somebody asked you, Pasquale, does this sort of lifestyle seem enjoyable? And it's the lifestyle that you have now where you're drinking a lot less, you're a lot more strict, you're more rigid, you're more uh, uh, regimented, for lack of a better word, you probably would have said like, no, that doesn't sound too enjoyable. And honestly, if somebody took you from that position to just doing this 100% of the time, probably wouldn't be that enjoyable but it's this transition period that makes it feel more enjoyable over time and i really think that's where the accountability and support comes in because people understand i'm here i need to get there but they don't know how to make a smooth transition in a step in a stepwise fashion to get there right right um at least with with me it's always been like uh, like an all or nothing like yeah, yeah, yeah it's most people yeah um you know Instead of making those slow steps, I would always just immediately go to like, you know, 10,000 steps yes. or, you know, cutting calories by like a, a crazy amount yeah. and an unnecessary amount or keto diet or carnivore diet, cutting something completely out where it doesn't need to be like this. You know, yeah. the, the, bond, the balanced diet is, I tell people all the time, it's like the best thing it, it really is because I, I have 
my protein, which I enjoy eating anyway. So that's, that's never been an issue for me, but then I'm also, there's no restrictions. Yeah. So if I want something, I can have it. I just have to make sure I plan for it. And, of course. You know, and that's, that's something that's been like probably the most enjoyable part for me because I, I love eating. <laughs> Are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping, cooking and preparing your meals? I get it. Time is precious and that's where Icon Meals comes into play. I've partnered with Icon Meals to bring you delicious, macro-friendly and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter you. Yeah. And I do too, man. It's like if somebody told me I couldn't eat certain things to achieve a certain body composition, I would never achieve that body composition because I love food. Every Most people love food, right? Would you say, and this is, this is where it's like ironic almost, that having the mindset of that you do not need to intentionally restrict anything, that you are allowed to eat whatever you want, as long as you plan for it, as long as you meet your protein and fiber needs, as long as you... Uh, create the caloric allotment for it would you say that mentally that actually perhaps reduces cravings or even desire for some of those foods because you're not actively thinking that you have to restrict them no yeah absolutely because i know i can have it whenever i want yeah like it's it's not just like like going back to like the special occasion right where it's like uh if i want uh, a serving of ice cream i can have it if i if i want it and i, I can make room for it and when we were, we, we uh, I think it was April or something like that last year, we hit our cutting goal. Uh, and then, you know, we increased the calories because we wanted to, you know, start putting on muscle. And I was eating, I was eating like a, like a half pint of like healthy ice cream okay. every night because I needed the, the calories. And I said, yeah. all right, I'm my protein, I'm in my fiber. Uh, what what can I do? I, I, all right, let's have some ice cream tonight. Ice cream, baby. Oh yeah, it's great. I'm a big ice cream person. Yeah, big ice cream person. So, yeah. so that was like, and and it, that kind of goes back to you know something a little bit different too. Like when when we're you're done cutting, so you put in that. To me, cutting is the hard work. Mm -hmm. Like and, and putting getting those extra calories in. That was the fun part. Yeah, like that. That was the the extra fun yeah. part. Well, why? Cool. I have like 200, 300, 400 extra calories now compared to a month ago. Yeah. What can I fill that in with? And that was something that was really enjoyable for me. Yeah, that's great, man. I, I love to hear all that from you. Um, I quickly also want to talk about the role of exercise, right? Because we haven't talked much about exercise, and I'd love to know. Um. What were some of the things that you were doing with exercise before 
you know, and what are some of the re really the, the main things you've benefited from in terms of the resistance training component? Because, you know, some of the people listening may or may not know, like my whole philosophy is that resistance training in a fashion that optimizes muscle growth should probably be the, the main component of exercise for most people who are trying to lose some body fat and improve body composition, right? So what were you doing before? Were you really focusing on lifting as much as we are now? I know you played a ton of basketball. Uh, I know you did some lifting before, but also what are some of the things that you and I have really worked on with lifting that have benefited you most? Before we started together, I, I was lifting. Um, I was doing like these big compound movements like squats, uh, deadlifts, bench press. Because um, I, you know, I work out at home. I, you know, I have all this stuff in my basement. So I, I have a squat rack down there. I have a, a bench. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what I was doing. And if I remember correctly, I think I was doing like full body workouts, like squats and deadlifts and bench presses, like I think every day or like every other day or something mm -hmm. like that. I think I was focusing on like legs one day and then upper body the next day. And I was doing like five sets of 10 or like something like that. Like every, like for everything, every muscle group, like every day. And I actually, I, I remember I wasn't taking any rest days. So I was doing something every single day, like seven days a week, I was doing something. And, um, when, uh, when we started working together, uh, I, the word that comes to mind is, is humbling because I thought I knew what I was doing, but I really wasn't, I, I it was really, uh, amazing you you think you know everything you think you're doing stuff right you're putting all that time and effort in but and then you someone comes along and says no that's not what you should be doing that's not optimal that's not that's not the best way to do do things i, I remember sending you my first video of um it was squats and i had like 200 pounds on the bar or something like that and and you saw it and you were like you're not even going like a quarter of the way down like that, that's not why you do it so yeah. So, um, like that, just the knowledge in itself, to, like humbling me and showing me that uh, I was doing things wrong was, was really big for me. Cause you know, the minute you think, you know, everything and the minute you think that you, you know, you're doing everything right. It's probably the minute that you, someone needs to come along and tell you that, you know, there's your, maybe there's something more here. There's something more yeah. that you can learn something that you can do a little bit better. But um, in terms of overall, since we started working, um, I've noticed things with my body composition that I've never had before. All right, guys, we had some small technical difficulties. My apologies, but we're back. Pasquale, you were talking about, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you learned when it comes to resistance training, improving range of motion, et cetera. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah. So um, once we, you know, got technique down and that's something we still work on every week yeah. um is and you know I was sending those videos that's something it's actually something that i i didn't that was my least favorite part of it i think that and i think that was because that was my my ego getting in the way yeah and i didn't want to hear you know you're doing this wrong here's how you can do it better because i thought you know i, was, I would watch a youtube video or two or yeah. three and know how to do something yeah um so but now it's actually turned into one of my if not my favorite part of our check-ins yeah. is, is how can I improve? How can I, how can I do better? And since we started 
the resistance training and since I started with you, I, you know, I've noticed changes in my, my body composition, not just with losing fat, but, you know, with muscle, um, definition. Yeah. You know, I, I had some, some really nice progress, you know, and we mentioned before and like the abs, I never thought I'd have that before my shoulders. I've, I've noticed, uh, yeah. my, my biceps, my chest. Uh, I used to make fun of all the time for my chest before because I was, uh, yeah, not a not the best of shape. But now, <laughs> well, yeah, well, that now uh, now I feel like super confident now yeah. um, with with where I am, and it's actually just making me more excited for when we finish cutting and then we can start putting on trying to you know put on muscle again. Uh, I'm really really looking forward to to that to that phase of uh, working together yeah. again. Thank you for sharing all that, man. It's so funny. You know, you're extremely coachable too, though. Like I remember when you were first sending me videos, I would give you feedback and you would implement it like right away. And, you know, there were still, still some things to work on, but you would implement it to the best of your ability. Um, I've worked with clients before who have a big ego and like have a really hard time implementing the things, right? It's like I tell them like a certain recommendation, whether it's slow down the eccentric or do this or do that. And it's going to require them to drop the weight substantially. And they just say, do not want to. And it often sometimes takes months to correct that little thing, which obviously slows down rate of progress, right? But it's so funny, man, because even just a personal story, I used to do the quarter squats back in the day when I first started lifting. And I was hitting like five or six reps with like 295. I was like, man, I'm so strong. I almost got three plates in the bar. I'm hitting it for reps. And then a lot of my early on education from lifting came from YouTube as well. And I started seeing these uh, dudes just talking about like the importance of full range of motion squatting. And I was like, okay, like if I squat this deep with 295, maybe I'll like drop to like 250 and do a full range of motion squat. Dude, I dropped all the way down to 135. I could barely do it three or four times with a full range of motion. It's humbling, right? But like, it's important to uh, drop the ego and like prioritize these things because then you actually like, you actually stimulate muscle growth, right? You could probably go up to, you know, from like 200 to 400 pounds doing a quarter squat and your legs won't grow because that stretch is incredibly important for stimulating muscle growth. So it's those little things that like, yeah, most people that I work with, they're already like, oh yeah, I know how to lift weights. It's like, yeah, you know how to lift weights. You know the basic mechanics of these things. But now it's really important to like nail down these little variables that give you exponentially better progress, right? Um, awesome, man. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, Pascal. I appreciate you being here a ton, man. The last thing I'd love for you to share is, um, and just honest answer, what would you say to somebody who perhaps is listening and is considering working with a coach? Uh, do it. <laughs> I think it's worth, it's worth the money. Um, it's probably the, the best money I've, I've ever spent really because, um, like I said before, I'm not just set up for the short term now. Now I have long term in, in mind. And with the knowledge that I've gained, not that you've given me, I feel really comfortable uh, moving, um, being able to achieve my goals and um, just just take the leap. Just stop thinking about it and just do it. Well, dude, thank you so much for the kind words, man. For people listening, Pascal, did I pay you to say that? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll joke aside. No, but seriously, man, thank you so much for the kind words, Pascal. Thank you so much for taking time to be here today, dude. Um, I know I always say this to you, but I 
I feel super honored when I get the opportunity to work with people like you because you're coachable and you actually implement stuff, man. And you understand that it still requires work, right? For anybody listening here who's considering coaching, do not think that coaching is guaranteed results because I've worked with a ton of clients who do not get any results. Who are the clients that get no results? The ones that think that paying for coaching immediately guarantees results, right? Without having to put in a certain amount of work or dedicate time and effort towards these things. Because you still have to dedicate time and effort towards these things. You still have to put in the work yourself. What I usually like to say that coaching is, is my role is to guide you in the right direction, right? My goal is to make sure that you are moving the needle in the direction you actually want to go to. Because people do a million things and they move the needle in different directions. That's not the correct direction. But you're still going to have to spend time to learn about stuff. Obviously, I will recommend things that you should be learning about, things you should be reading about, things, you know, essentially guiding you in that correct direction. I'll be giving you feedback that you should be implementing, but it's still your job to put in the work and implement those things. And the reason why I say I feel honored to work with somebody like you is because you've always done that, right? You've never really like given quote unquote excuses, right? You understand when perhaps you, you understand that you are accountable for a lot of this too, right? And when people have that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to hire a coach to guide me in the right direction, going to put in the work. When you marry those two things, that's when you really see some really great progress. Anyways, brother, thank you so much for being here. Um, we'll catch up soon. We'll, we'll catch up during this week's check-in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it.